just, hey, we're all here because of that common purpose, which is difference matters. Being the other is actually a special thing and it's something to be celebrated. Because otherwise, if you're not different, not standing out. Today's episode is sponsored by Etched Communication, a full-service public relations and crisis management firm. Connect with Etched via its website at etchedcom.com. E-T-C-H-E-D-C-O-M-M.com. I'm so excited to have our guest here with us today. The last time we were together on camera was a couple of years ago when we were actually uh, doing our last episode of Pink Petro TV. This is my guest and my good friend, Katie Maynard, the CEO and founder of Pink Petro and Experience Energy. And I can't believe that I'm finally getting to sit down and talk to you on Our Voices Matter. It's amazing to be here. I miss being with you on camera. So. It's, it's fun to be back, and it's always fun to have conversations with Linda. Well, ditto, my friend. So, gosh, there's so much that we can talk about. So, first thing, Pink Petro, a big-time energy disruptor, okay? Uh, really working toward gender equality in the energy industry through the energy transition. What made you decide to do this, Katie? So, interestingly enough, I read Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, which as you know is about women owning their seat at the table. I read the book back in 2013 when it launched on a flight to London. And the question was, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Very powerful question. I absolutely got sick. I was nursing myself on saltines and Sprite (laughs) for four days in a London, a very fancy London (laughs) hotel room, I might add, and then went to come back home and sat next to a gentleman who said to me, what's a pretty young lady like you doing in a dark, dangerous business like oil? And it was that moment that I knew that what I was doing at BP, while it was very important, it wasn't big enough for me. And that I needed to find a way to leap into this world of entrepreneurship and make a difference in the energy sector. And that's what we're doing. So your I guess your career in energy started at Enron, yes? It did. And so it, take us back. <laughs> so, because you had 20 years in the business before you decided to start your, your company. Just shy of that. Just shy of that. It, okay. You know, I, when I landed in Houston, it was to take a dream job. It was to work for Enron. It ended up that I was working for one of those companies that Enron was hiding money in in under. Did not know that at the time. Mm. Um, Landed in Houston just just short of 9-11 and just short of the collapse when Enron imploded. And so, interestingly enough, yesterday uh, went back to the Enron Tower for the first time, which is now occupied by Chevron, Mm -hmm. and eerily went up the stairs to the 49th floor, which is where I was meeting my, you know, my host. And that was the floor I worked on. So oh I, f- I felt like I was... Deja uh, vu. Deja vu, <laughs> little ghost of Christmas past. You know, I, I could hear things, see things, uh, albeit being, you know, 20 years older, but uh, started at Enron and was always fascinated by the energy industry. Mm-hmm. But in the 80s, saw my father go through the boom-bust cycle, which we see and we've seen recently, but kind of against, I think, everyone's wishes, pursued the energy sector and haven't left since. It's just a passion. I think it's a fascinating place to work. I think it's it's uh, a great place to work, and it's taken me all over the world. 
So, you know, it's interesting because one of the things in, that we talk about always on the show is that is what is what does it feel like to be on the outside, to be shunned, to be kind of the other. And there are lots of ways you can look at that and and I think that I want I want to ask your your opinion about that as it relates to being in the energy industry because big oil has such a negative uh, I guess persona in so many parts of the of the globe, and you are someone who is helping who is trying to help change that narrative. So talk a little bit about what the narrative has been, what you think the reality is, and what it's like to be in an industry that a lot of people think is really evil. So it's a great question, and it's actually what gets me up every day. Energy is the most misunderstood story of our lifetime, yet it is the most, um, it's the biggest economic opportunity of our lifetime. For generations, rural Americans, um, Americans in um, the oil field and in corporate centers have been powering generations of prosperity. And that's a pretty powerful thing. And I actually call that energy 1.0. So the boys went out to the, the field, they struck oil, everybody was doing well. I don't think people intentionally, when they set out to change the world, think they're gonna do harm. It's kind of like the guys in the valley, the nerds in the valley, right? The guys in the garages that started you know, startups. Facebook, right? The guys that are creating apps to score chicks, right? <laughs> Dates in college, you know, they're, they're, they're having fun. Mm -hmm. But somewhere along the way, when you get big, you know, things happen, right? The, the bad side happens. So obviously our climate is a challenge. Climate change is a reality and no one's denying that. But for years, we well, largely some are, some are still denying. Some are still denying it. But, but what I, you're saying is the industry I, itself. No, is the not industry has it. embraced it. Yeah. The industry has embraced the cl climate change and the energy transition. Where we stand to gain, I think, a huge opportunity is to educate people about the reality of what that transition truly is, because there's because there's some very fundamentally different ideologies, um, and then sadly, that's all very political, policy-driven. My belief, though, is, is actually that, I kind of call it E3, P3, and that is, I really believe that all forms of energy, we need to be equal in our view of that, okay? So all people, all energies, and really looking at our environment, that's what's gonna drive this new economy. So it's environment equality that drives the economy. But we're not going to do that without people, passion, and a, and a purpose for our planet. And I think that's what's unique here is that every single individual wants to see a future for their children and the next generation. We mm -hmm. want to see that prosperity, you know, so manifest. Yeah. I'm excited to see that people are charged up about climate and, and energy. I'm excited that they want to talk about where well, their energy comes from. I've, I've got to say that, you know, a, a lot of what's going on uh, in terms of the conversation, you, you have really been making an impact in a very short amount of time because your, your company is, what, three, four years old now? We will be five, five in five March 2020. Well, I lost about a year because of the whole of Harvey. Harvey. Okay, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> exactly. We'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. But, but here's the thing. 
you're now getting ready to, well, you've already testified in front of Congress. So what was that like when you got a call saying, would you come to the Hill and talk to us about energy? So sadly, I have to say openly, and I, I own it, I had to study up who were my congressional leaders because um, the House had just, you know, flipped over. Um, I, I always had an aspiration of being the first female president. I don't have that aspiration anymore. <laughs> um, I was always fascinated by politics as a child, watching the Bushes and the Reagan, you know, Reagans. And so I was excited because I got a chance to take my voice to Washington about a topic I cared about. What it, was the committee you, you testified? So about? I testified in front of the subcommittee on, on energy and commerce. And uh, it, was, it was a fascinating experience because it truly represented Americans, all colors, all generations, and all forms of energy. And the uniqueness was we're all struggling with the same challenge. We need to attract this new workforce of talent. So it was, it was fascinating to be in a ring with people who, while everyone kind of came at it from their own vantage point, from an energy perspective, we all saw that we could come together and agree that we need to do something to skill up the workforce for this, this energy transition. But what was hilarious was I, when they call me, you know, my husband, Mark, he's an attorney. He's, he works in the industry. He's like, I got to go to Midland. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do with Allie? And I thought, I'm going to take her to Washington. You know, Mrs. Maynard goes to Washington. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was really excited about it. And so I actually said to Allie, I said, Mommy's going to take you to Washington. She's like, are we going to meet Donald Trump? And, or, and I was like, well, I don't know about that, but we're going to, you know. So we actually went up there and, um, and you know, I took her out of school. And interestingly enough, in the state of Texas. Best field trip ever. It was, right? it, it was but it wasn't an excused absence. So that, right. that kind of mm -hmm. got a little bit under my skin. But we got there and the press were there. And Allie says, Mommy, they're all here for us. And I said, no. <laughs> it just so happened all the Mueller, you yeah, know, all the Mueller investigation. It was like two, it was, it was two doors down. Yeah. So I got to kind of be a part of, you know, witnessing history in action. Yeah. It was freezing cold. Um, I finally got my daughter to put a dress on because she's a bit of a ninja, you know, <laughs> ninja turtle uh, fan still. But we had an amazing time. And when I addressed Congress, I, I actually said, I said, you know, it's an honor to be here with my daughter so she can witness this. And of course, <laughs> the House chairman said, well, if she weren't asleep. And I look behind <laughs> me and she's snoring. Um, and, and there's this picture of it. And it'll be perfect for when she's, you know, 18 and we get to make fun of her. It. And she's, you know, or she gets when she gets married. But yeah. it was an amazing experience. And it was very quick. They called me on a Friday, said, can you be here on a Tuesday? And I went, Okay, well, you I guess... You spent the weekend cramming. And, I did. Yeah. You know, I wrote my testimony. I poured over it. Thankfully, I got a chance to work with one of my friends, Melanie Meyer, who helped me you know, sit through and think through what I wanted to say. And I did, and it was an amazing experience. And it so was now just they're, an amazing they're, experience. They're, well, they've come back, they and they have more and questions. And I think that what fascinates me about that is, is that finally our policymakers are, are really, truly interested in being educated around the facts. Um, a couple of weeks back, so I got to meet um, members of the Republican delegation, um, the Democratic de delegation. Several weeks back, I actually got to sit at um, Secretary Clinton's table. She was here in uh, Houston um, with the Harris County Democrats. And so what's been fascinating about this is, you know, I come from New Orleans. We're traditional Republican roots and, you know, all of these 
would be stereotypes and biases and, and, and the things like that. I just think that our world is changing. I think that it's okay for you to think one way about one issue and have a completely different mindset you know, about a different issue. Ugh. And I love sitting at the table with both Republicans, Democrats, moderates, progressives. The only ones I can't stand are the extremes because the extremes you know, well, the extremes are the reason that we've got this, this divide. divide. No, absolutely. But yeah. I believe that I was always taught to be, well, I was that girl that wanted to be everybody's friend. You know, bring people together. Friendships and relationships matter because if you're going to solve big challenges, you've got to get people um, on board. You've got to see where everyone can intersect when it comes to common ground. And so it was, it was fascinating. Um, of course, I went home and Allie said, Mommy, what would you do today? I said, you know, well, I got a chance to sit with Miss Secretary Clinton at her table, um, and she says, "And you didn't invite me to that?" She said, "Mom, you know, I, I, I you know." So she says, "Well, are we going to go to the White House and, and meet Mr. Trump?" <laughs> so, I, but I, I'm fascinated by being around policymakers because I think that there's something to be said for educating them on what the energy industry does and get the private sector and the public sector to work a little more closely together on the realities, mm -hmm. the realities of the right. energy transition. Right. We can absolutely reduce emissions. Um, there are lots of things that we can do, but I also think we need to have different minds and different people looking at this. Right. And that's where I think the energy transition is the greatest use case for diversity and inclusion of people. Um, and I wrote about that in uh, Scientific American a few months back, and it really says, hey, if we want to get at this quicker, we might want to look at it differently with different people and different mindsets. Right. But in this country, right. as you know, mm -hmm. we are divided and it's well, very difficult to be that bridge, but I love it. It's fascinating work. And you know, what you're doing right now um, probably could not have been done. You, as a, as a young woman, 15, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago maybe, you know, we probably would have gotten a lot more pushback than what you're getting now, you know, you you are you have got some real traction here and some opportunities to make long-lasting impact. And I hope as so. a, as a woman, so I want to I want to talk a little bit about what it what if you can share some sort of other experiences, if you will, of what it was like to be a woman in the industry when you first started out, and just kind of what what experiences you've had with people um, seeing and, and understanding and recognizing who you are, what you do, and the impact that you're having. What kind of pushback, if any, are you getting? So I have to be honest, I, I'm gonna own my white privilege. I'm a woman who's educated. I've had a lot of wonderful opportunities that have afforded me the ability to do wonderful assignments, great things. I never felt like the other in my job. Where I started noticing it was when women would come to me, and particularly women of color and men mm -hmm. of color. Um, and so what I've tried to do is seek out where I see other happening and intervene. It's very challenging, though, in this country to speak up about race. I encourage my friends, my colleagues, that when they see something that's wrong, they need to say it. Unfortunately, though, because we live in such a divided world, it's very challenging. People choose to remain silent. And I've made conscious decisions since I've become more public to make 
this a platform. When I see people feeling like the other, I want to explore that and try to understand it through their eyes. I will never claim to know what it feels like to feel like that. Now, I got bullied as a kid. There's no question of that. I was the other kid. I was the kid that didn't get to sit in the back of the cool bus. I had to sit in the front of the bus. I got thrown in the garbage can, you know, by the, the oh yeah, by the, the, the rough and tumbling kids. It was a difficult, it was difficult, I think, um, as a child growing up because um, I always seemed to get along with the older people. You know, I was the teacher's pet and I had to learn very quickly how to adapt, you know, to, you know, to, to my peers. But it was a fascinating time, I think, back then because, you know, we didn't have the internet. We don't have the tools we have today where you see children, you know, bullying others, well, and adults, you know, bullying. I've got trolls now, you know, I've got all kinds of weirdos. Well, you're, yeah, you're so, you're so <laughs> active on social media. I'm sure you've attracted oh, I, 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 I yeah. have, and, and, and I've even had to stop and say, wow, okay, now I feel you know, like I've entered this this other period, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've said, mm-hmm. but it's um, I don't know. For me, I, I've 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 tried really hard to be conscious about recognizing, seeing that in what's going on in others, and trying to lend my voice. So, what do you do when when it, when women who come to you, either as clients or as part of the the Pink Petro community, because there's this vibrant online community of, of people, women and men, who are conversing about the industry and things that they have, so, uh, or things that they're, that they're dealing with. So when someone comes to you and, and expresses some sort of an other type of experience, what, if anything, can you do? And what do you do? Well, I think the first thing is to listen. People wanna be heard. That's, that's like 90% of inclusion, right? Mm. 90% of inclusion is, I just want you to hear what I have to say. Right. And try and understand it from my perspective. And, and recognize that my perspective, my point of view is valid. Absolutely. Um, I've had numerous women, um, women of color come to me and say, I want to be a part of what you're a part of. I want to, you know, I want to help. I want to, I want to bring a different element. And I'm like energized, right? Because if the women's movement can help progress us in the wider movement, right, around people, and I've seen that shift happen. We kind of had this resurgence of women, right? And now we're starting to see a lot of conversation about color, race, you know, ethnicity, um, LGBTQ, right? To me, that's a beautiful thing. You know, as a marketer, I'm like, coattail on that, you know? I mean, just, just hey, we are all here mm-hmm. because of that common purpose, which is difference matters. Being the other is actually a special thing, and it's something to be celebrated. Because otherwise, if you're not something, if you're not different, mm-hmm. you're not standing out. Right. You're not making a, a difference in the world. You're not making, you're not, you're not poking it. You know, making a dent in the universe, as, mm-hmm. as Steve Jobs says, and you're not so being a disruptor. you're not. <laughs> and you know, I there are times when I, I go in the corner and I wonder, okay, what were you thinking? <laughs> Just go sit in a chair <laughs> and be the corporate lady. But that would be boring. That would be a life of just. I, I left that life. That's like option D F. If if any, if all options fail. Mm. Um, and so I've made it a point to make difference and other a part of what I'm doing. And I hope to cultivate, you know, 
lots of others so that we can all encourage people when they feel like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm being left out or I'm being excluded. They look around and it's like, no, 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 no. I got this, mm -hmm. right? I've, I've got this community of people. I've got right. this you know, group of, of women or men who, who I can rely on, mm -hmm. so. And so, um, so we've talked a lot about Pink Petro, but Experience Energy is, is the, the platform for people to go and learn about job opportunities in the industry. So that is happening, you're growing that business alongside of, of Pink Petro. Um, how is Experience Energy going and what's next for that? And I notice you're wearing green today. Yeah, I... Not your usual pink. No, and, and so a little, yeah. I'm is gonna, there I'm, a reason for that? There is. Uh, so it's, you know, when I conceived Pink Petro and Experience Energy on the cocktail napkin, you know, years ago in that moment where I was asked, you know, what's a pretty young lady like you? doing in a dark, dangerous business. I knew that my calling was to develop a very disruptive business model that gets at two things. Communicating the energy narrative and attracting new people to be a part of it. And when I launched my business in 2015, when oil was $50, no one was recruiting. But I was loud about the need for women for the future. I was loud about the future being um, a different energy future and that energy is a valuable place to work despite the fact that we were slashing jobs, laying people off. Mm -hmm. You know, We were really in a difficult time. So I cultivated a very massive following and got people excited about talking about their work, kept them together, and now that oil prices are stabilizing, now that the energy conversation is global, climate is front and center, equality is front and center, the business is taking off. Because at the end of the day, I don't believe we do a good enough job of telling that story, what energy is, what it does, how it works, so much to the point that we don't attract the new blood we need to drive the new future forward. And so I'm excited. Uh, people call me, they don't really know what we were doing. They're like, I wanna be a part of it. And I'm like, thanks, come along for the Kool-Aid. But I've been um, thoughtful about being more meaningful about explaining who we really are. At the end of the day, we care about really two things. And that is telling the story around energy and messaging that in a very compelling way and attracting new people into this business because we're not going to get at those targets we have for the energy transition if we don't bring in new perspectives. And, and the reality is, you know, our lives depend upon energy. Yeah, we can't get anything done without it. We and can't, but you know, I, I also recognize that climate change is a reality. Uh, 60 inches of water fell in my back, our backyard, you know, two years ago. And so, yeah, time out for one second. I just want people to know that while she was growing these businesses, while all this stuff was going on, um, she also lost her home and her place of business during Hurricane Harvey and had to be rescued from her home by a man in a boat. It's interesting. So I look back on that because it's been two years, literally two years. Um, and in that moment, I couldn't say it, but that that life event actually transformed me as a human being, as a person. 
uh, my ability to ask for help, my ability to receive help. Um, I remember writing my own narrative, even though the business was, as you know, it was it was growing. We were we were experiencing massive growth. Um, Harvey stopped me dead in my tracks. It was very it was very difficult. Um, but the phone kept ringing, and I remember thinking, well, I could just I'm a storyteller. I could just tell everybody that the hurricane blew me away. It you know washed all my things away, my business, and I'm done. And I'll just go back to the corporate chair. No, because then six weeks after Harvey, the Harvey Weinstein and Me Too case broke and my phone went bananas. Um, lots of calls, you know, hey, I, I understand you're in this diversity space, you know. And so what we try to do is we try to take these very provocative topics like Me Too, like climate, the sticky things that people don't want to talk about, but offer some balanced perspectives, right? And I feel like now more than ever, I'm more credible to talk about the energy transition, more passionate about it because of my own personal experience of losing my home, because seeing countless neighbors, you know, my neighborhood lose, you know, everything, seeing neighbors to our north, you know, and to, you know, to all, all the states across the U.S., you know, we've had more catastrophes since Harvey. Um, so knowing, hey, I'm right in the thick of being able to affect that change absolutely gets me up every day. So that's why I, uh, I love what I do. Well, I love what you do. And I know you have a massive, passionate following of people, not only across the country, but literally around the world. Um, your Her World Energy Forum that you, you do every spring on International Women's Day has skyrocketed and taken off just like your business is. And, um, I think you're setting an incredible example, not only for Allie, your beautiful, sweet daughter, but for so many young girls, especially young girls and boys about what you can do when you really put your mind to it and when you let passion drive you. Um, and, and even though it's scary, you, you gotta, you gotta keep going. So if there were one thing that you would want to leave our audience with today, what would that be? It gets back to the question, um, what would you do if you weren't afraid? I believe that life is not indefinite, as we know. We see every day our friends, family, you know, suffer through loss. And I think it's up to us to find deep within us what makes us uncomfortable and fearful and own that fear and turn that into something that is going to make us better and it's going to bring about change in the world. So I would say, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Well, Go do it. You're doing it. You <laughs> are doing it, girl. And you are making a huge difference. And I'm proud to call you a friend. And I Likewise. know we're going to have so many more conversations. And uh, you've got a lot to, to offer. And uh, people will be hearing and seeing a lot of Katie Maynard in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I, we course. have to do this more often. Yes. I really miss being on camera with you. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll work Maybe on that. Maybe it'll be Experience Energy TV. Well, we're going to, we'll work on we'll that. We'll work on we'll that. We'll work on that. Yeah. So in the meantime, thank you so much for watching and listening and for giving our guests permission to speak and for having the courage to listen with an open mind. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for giving our guests permission to speak and for having the courage to listen with an open mind.
If the mission of Our Voices Matter resonates with you, please like, subscribe, download, and share, and then join the conversation because it really is going to take all of us to make a difference.